on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Move over YouTube shorts. Clips are the newest thing in YouTube headed your way. <laughs> New exclusions are in the works for Facebook ads, and it's a topic we're just jazzed about. I was so caught up with Facebook's egregious choice of illustrations that I overlooked an even more insane <laughs> explanation. And old Greggy KGB enlightens us on all things gambling. <clears throat> I mean, sports investing, and why he won't be getting in on this week's Lucky 22. Hint, there's a lot of reasons. <laughs> All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal podcast network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on February 5th, 2021. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show on YouTube or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We're at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. Hey, Jess. Feels like we just did this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having deja vu. <laughs> yes. I mean, it actually feels like 2019, but we yeah. recorded this yesterday exactly. on Wednesday the 3rd, only to find out that you didn't have any audio. Nope. So it was just None. me sounding like a crazy person screaming and ranting into the air. For some reason, we thought the people wouldn't want that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so <laughs> we're here doing this again. <laughs> Nobody wants it. But, but Shep is obviously out. She mm. made a baby and Mark had a pile of work and is doing some stuff for our website. So he's out. And thankfully, we didn't waste his time yesterday yeah, either. Right. So, All right. Well, what's going on with you, Jess? Oh, man. Well, I speaking of blast from the past, I had like a real world experience this weekend um, I actually went to the store. I went to a bakery, which we don't get out much these days. Most people don't, I feel. Um, and I just, I got a taste for humanity again. Oh, a good taste. No, it didn't taste very good. Like a, fr like a fresh baguette. No, well, so that's just it, right? I'm in the bakery and it's like an hour before closing on Sunday, on the weekend. So the stock is low. You walk in there knowing that, right? It's a bakery. They bake things fresh in the morning. And, uh, Woman in front of me is giving the guy at the counter, this poor young teenage boy, a hard time. She's like, do you have any more fresh bread? He's like, no, you know, we're everything on the shelves is what we have left. She's like, you don't have any in the back? What back, Greg? There's, is there it's like pandemic, a secret bread club? <laughs> right. Like, well, I don't know. I just, and I'm not doing it justice because I'm not a very good actress, I've been told. But she was really rude to this guy. And I just felt like things are supposed to be in perspective now. It's a global pandemic. Like, there's there's bread available elsewhere. You're just not getting your bakery fresh bread. I just, I didn't like it. And I'm like, this is... Yeah. This is what we're coming back to once everyone gets vaccinated. It's kind of tough. I don't know. That's one thing not to look forward to. But yeah. our community on Twitter, Mark and Clock, is fantastic. <laughs> and just I don't know if you, told, you knew this. You told me that story yesterday. <laughs> I, I did. I'm like, maybe I could tell it a little bit differently. <laughs> nope, it didn't change. What's new with you? <laughs> well, I have to update 
the folks on my non-hippopotamus experience. So yes. my wife had booked another vacation. Again, I'm starting to think I should be the one booking the vacations here because if you recall last year in March, I was on the SS Corona oh, yeah. on a cruise ship. Yeah. During it, well, it wasn't during a pandemic. To be fair to to, to me and to the wife, then she tried to go into Pennsylvania where we're not allowed, and then tried taking me to hippopotamus. And now <laughs> this time, I went to go do the experience with the animals. Mm-hmm. It I thought it was like the Seneca Zoo in Syracuse, like a public zoo. This is a Joe Exotic ish, but like a good one. Like if if it would run really well, it's a private zoo. And I'm like, I didn't know this was like. Tiger King style here. Yeah. I um, didn't think that those were good either. You say it was good. It was good. And and I told you this yesterday, but I went to the Buffalo Zoo here. And when it was time to feed the polar bears, I ran over. I'm like, I got to see this. This is going to be so exciting. And the polar bears laid on the ground when a Rubbermaid canister of kibble was spread out on the fake snow. And it was one of the most disturbing things <laughs> I've ever seen. And that was a public zoo. <laughs> so this was actually really cool. The animals were awesome. <laughs> Um, you get to see these giraffes. They're huge. They have these heads with these horns made out of hair. It's like the hair is like gets so wound up in there. They don't really use for anything, and they like love humans. It's so cool. That's wild. And they like go try to get your attention. If you talk to the one giraffe, then the male comes over and starts trying to like actually like bump his head into you to get attention. It was it was actually cool, and it seemed like everything was run really 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 well. So that's nice to hear that the welfare was in check. But I want to hear more about these hair horns because I didn't know. I know they have like nubs on their head. They're made of hair. It, it's made of like very condensed hair. I guess it's not a bone. This is also what the <laughs> private <laughs> Joe Exotic told me. So maybe <laughs> don't take it like with take it with a grain of salt. I guess that's pretty cool though. I'll take that knowledge. I'm All gonna right. share it with everyone. And if you wanna. <laughs> inform us of what that really is or if you've got a grievance to air spicy take to share give us a call call call.marketingclock.com leave us a voicemail and we can play it on next week's show and we haven't had a lot of voicemails lately so i've got a shirt a long sleeve awesome shirt it's the raise your budget shirt i think we have a small medium or a small large and extra large so first caller that we get gets a raise your budget shirt shout out to joe martinez and don't forget that our fearless leader christine zernheld a.k.a. Shep, wrote a book, The Ultimate Google Ads Playbook. Find prospects online, deliver the right ad messaging, convert leads, and accurately measure success with Google Ads. It is in paperback and Kindle format, so no excuses whether you like that new book smell or prefer just to read on a screen. There's a copy out there for you, and you should grab it if you haven't already, but hopefully you have. And we are just on a content tear here at Cypress North. We have a new podcast with our amazing Jill Fetcher, the chief growth officer here. She's got a brand new show, The Agency Scoop. And she basically just gives away the secret sauce to what we do. <laughs> like who We've got a new one coming out this month. It's going to be monthly. Yeah. Um, but check it out. This past month, there was a very special guest on the one and only Jess Bud, and they talked about what kind of what we what our core principles are as an agency. And so, if you want to see a little more look behind us, or if you want more Jess, check it out. The agency scoop. All right, and on to this week's news. First up, YouTube has launched a sneak peek of its new video sharing feature, Clips. So move over, Shorts. We've got some something new in YouTube here. But Clips is a way to select a very specific portion of a video between 5 seconds and 60 seconds, and anybody can do it. A creator can do it. Somebody just watching a video can do it. And the nice thing is you can give that a title. 
So mm-hmm. one might be, oh, the just bread story. And then we can <laughs> go it's back so good. and hear about the baguettes. <laughs> and you can get that section. And then I can say, not looking forward to going back and seeing meanies in real life. And you can make that clip. Another cool thing is if you go to marketingclock.com, you can sign up for a newsletter and get all the stories each and every week delivered right to you. But there's a link over to a YouTube video where you can actually make clips on the video itself. Yeah, because it's not out yet wide. Correct. It is not out yet worldwide. It's rolling out, I believe, to um, gaming channels first and live streamers. Mm -hmm. So it cannot be used on kids' content, live streams without DVR, live streams over eight plus hours, which... (laughs) I mean, that's long. You need to clip that. You need to clip something that You doing the Truman Show? Is that what you're doing? I never saw that movie. Is it good? I never saw I understand the concept. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I've saw parts of it where I saw like little end parts, but I, oh, I bet spoilers. I would like it. Yeah. I don't know. And then uh, you also cannot use clips on premieres when they are live. So you can go back and post and do it. So Jess, what are your thoughts? I thought this was actually pretty cool. I did play with the demo and it is as simple as you described, Greg. You just click where you want to start, where you want to stop. You could add a little title. So that's really cool if you're sending your mom like a yoga pose or something. You could be like, this is the pose I was talking about, mom, and just share it. But when I saw this at first, I did think it was kind of weird that you could just clip somebody else's video. But the nice thing that YouTube does here is it doesn't, it creates a URL to share the clip, but it doesn't create a unique video. So it brings right. you to that original video. You cannot steal content with this. They thought about that. Obviously, it was very thoughtful. So mm-hmm. I like it. I think it'll be great for us too if we want to share like a piece of this show with somebody or, you know, anything with clients, just like a little snippet. If they don't want to watch a 20 minute video, you can send them exactly to something. I think it's great. I think it's very useful in a lot of ways. Yeah, and one of the big things is I think it's going to lead for a lot more collaboration, especially when you've got fans, right? You've Mm -hmm. got fanatics. Fans is short for fanatics. And you've got somebody (laughs) interacting with YouTube channels, and you can just pull out little elements, share them. And again, it's a way that everybody can kind of relate and interact. So I love this change. You know, sign me up for clips. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay, and next up is some new news. This is something that actually, maybe this was all a good thing that we lost our audio the first time because Google is expanding phrase match to include broad match modifier traffic. And this comes from George Wynn over on Search Engine Land. And there was a bunch of chatter on Twitter that this was coming and it has arrived. So a quick recap of the change within Google Ads. And I'll back up a little bit. So in case you don't know what broad modified match is, is it really dials in the broadness of a term. So if you have broad match, you might have something like a a soft drink, right? Mm -hmm. And broad might say drink means slurp. Or soft means, I don't know, I don't want to say anything weird, but it, it matches in a wide spectrum and it takes a lot of liberties. A lot. All, too many liberties, in my opinion. And when you put the modifier on, it's a little plus sign you put b- before that, and it limits the liberties that Broad can take. And it kind of reins it in a little bit. And I see a lot of success with broad match modified or saw a lot of success, but that is now going away. Um, and so you, the advertisers will now have the opportunity to do broad match, phrase match, 
or exact match. Does that all make sense right now? Because I know it's a little bit of nuance because broad match modified is technically broad. You following what I'm putting out? I'm following. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So if you had modified broad match in your campaigns, they will be going away and essentially turning into phrase match. And what will happen is if you only had one specific portion that was modified, so let's say that I had plus, that's the, the modifier, marketing podcast, it would have to stick to the marketing yeah. really tightly. And then podcast might turn into show or radio. Audio or book. Audio book, <laughs> physical book. <laughs> it can turn into a lot of stuff. Um, but in this case, Moving forward, that will turn into phrase match. Mm-hmm. So if you have that in there, it is on the way out. So this is coming soon, too. I know that the rumors started on Twitter, and then we saw official announcements start to roll out. So the email that I got from Google says that this is going to start happening on February 18th, which is about a week and a half away, that the phrase and broad match modify keywords will begin to match the same user queries, which are those their words not mine. So that's an interesting thing because you still have two different keywords there. They're not like, they're not merging them. They're still going to exist. So I guess leave it running and watch closely, see what happens or pause one and not the other. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting because they say that they're going to begin to start matching then. So who knows? But then I think by July, right, it's going to fully replace. And just so we're clear as mud here, (laughs) broad match modified is going away Mm -hmm. and phrase match is expanding. Yes. So not only should you not rely on broad match modified anymore, you will see performance changes with phrase match. And Google from their article said, to give you more control and better reach, we're bringing the best of broad match modifier into phrase match. As a result, phrase match will expand to cover additional broad match modifier traffic while continuing to respect word order when it's important to the meaning. Okay, but how is that more control if you're expanding something? How could that be more control? (laughs) Honestly, how could that be more control? There are two different things. I want two different things. It is the definition of less control. Where you're saying now phrase match doesn't care about word order? That's less control. Like that is objectively less control. Yes. Which, by the way, Greg, I don't know if you know this, but you don't need to take any action to benefit from these updates. Oh, fantastic. That's an exact quote. That's an exact quote. One of the additional elements that Google is requesting or or recommending, let's say, is that when paired with smart bidding, these broad match signals can help you unlock new opportunities for your business. And they've got a case study in here. Mm -hmm. And let's play a game. What's missing from this case study, Jess? I can't wait. I feel like I know the answer already, but you go ahead. Online food delivery service, JustEatTakeaway.com, tested this combination and said, We've been surprised by the results of using Broadmatch with smart bidding. We saw a 127% increase in conversions while hitting our goals. Um, do I have to buzz in? I'm the only one yes. here. Yes, but just. Yes. Um, how much did they spend? Oh, we don't know. I bet they raised their budget. I bet. Maybe what if they spent 150 percent more? I mean, they got 127. Percent more conversions. Maybe they're meeting their goals. Maybe one of their goals was to spend more, so they met. Oh, it. hey, we budgets. don't know. There's not a lot of context there at all. Thanks, Google. In one element, and I'm going to be Mr. Brightside here today, Jess. Are you? Glenn Gabe 
had a picture of Lou Ferrigno, and it was me, and he said it was me when I learned about this match, which it was. It's fair to Glenn. Glenn's never wrong. Pause. Who's Lou Ferrigno? Because I know I'm not the only one out there that doesn't know. Oh, the old Incredible Hulk. What? Lou Ferrigno, the uh, the old. That's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> That's very different. Hulk Hogan <laughs> and the Incredible Hulk. Oh, are very different. The Mark Ruffalo, the green guy. Um, but, I mean, think about like ask maybe ask your parents like who who the Incredible Hulk is. <laughs> okay, is Lou, is, 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 he's, there was Arnold and Lou, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno. Wow, yeah. poor Lou. I've never heard of him. <laughs> Does he get to the <laughs> chopper eventually? Yeah. He's a GIF that Glenn's <laughs> sending to me, so he's doing fine. Okay, and so one thing of note, and this is Mr. Brightside here. In addition, keyword matching is now more predictable. An exact match keyword that is identical to a query is now always preferred as long as it is eligible to match. So that's one little element that if you've got exact match and Mm -hmm. phrase match or broad, as long as it's eligible to match, which means you have to check your ads and check your keywords and make sure that everything's fine, that... According to Google, it is now always preferred, the exact match version. So Jess, what are your thoughts? And I don't like when Google tries to position something as helping me and giving me more control when they're actually taking away my control. But personal feelings aside, just so everyone knows the facts, what is happening is beginning February 18th, broad match modify keywords will begin matching the same user queries as your phrase match keywords. You don't need to do anything. You can leave them there. It's fine, whatever. But they did say come July and they didn't give an exact date, but I'm sure we will hear about it, talk about it more on this show. So please listen. Um, Then at that point, whatever day in July that they make this change, you will no longer be able to create broad match modify keywords. So I don't know why you'd be creating more now since it's going to behave the same as phrase match anyway, but if you do need to for some reason, you still can until July, but it's not going to do anything different than your phrase match. So that's the big thing here. Yeah, and one final final parting thought on this. Everybody's saying we, we saw this coming, and, and clearly we did. At some point, it's going to be consolidated again. At some point, it's going to be consolidated again, and it's going to be 2030, and we're not going to have keywords. And that's what it's going to be, and we all know that's coming. It still doesn't mean that we can't, that, that it's not the right thing to do. If I was a Googler and I had to ensure profitability down the road in five years, I would be looking at trying to fix the horrific close variant matching and some of the data loss and things like that. Mm-hmm. I understand everything short term now and it makes sense. I mean, this this change actually makes sense currently because of close variants, right? Close variants match anything under the sun Phrase match isn't phrase match. Exact match isn't exact match. And why have another match type in there? That doesn't mean it's the right way to operate, but I'm saying it makes sense to get rid of this. Do I like it? No, because broad match is is near useless unless you use smart bidding like this, Mm -hmm. but you can't even get any information because you don't see the search query data. So you can't even use it to prospect well anymore. That's a good point. And then the close variant matching has gone completely off the rails, bonkers, so much so that, you know, some people could put two and two together saying the close match isn't close anymore and now we don't show search query data and you just have to trust the process. So I understand and I get why and it actually does make sense to try to condense some things, but at the core portion of this 
you can still give people more control. Um, but that's that's not the way it's going, and, and I understand it. It's still not the way I would operate if I cared about the longevity and having a ad platform that nobody could compete with and nobody could touch. Yeah. But that's not what they're doing anymore. No. It'll be interesting to see if Microsoft does or doesn't go along these lines and make a similar change or not later on the line because they're starting to differ a little bit from what they do with Google. So we shall see. All right. Up next from social media today, Facebook tests new topic exclusions for advertisers within news feeds. And I am just going to quote the quote from the article. So Facebook said, we are planning to test a solution that will allow an advertiser to select a topic like crime and tragedy. That selection would help define how we'll show the ad on Facebook, including newsfeed. For example, a children's toy company may want to avoid content related to a new crime show so they could select the crime and tragedy topic. End quote. And I I think it's cute that they crime show i feel like there's a lot more in the crime and tragedy topic that's not entertainment so that's yeah, a very like pc news. example <laughs> yeah. have you seen it did you see what happened at the bakery <laughs> that woman was not nice no and if i post about it that children's toy company doesn't want to be next to it it was tragic it was tragic <laughs> and a crime against humanity anyway i think this is a good thing i will say Um, that according to Facebook, and we know that they like to tell us how hard everything is, this is a very complex thing to tackle. So it's a small test right now with a small set of advertisers. Don't think you can go and turn these exclusions on yet. Um, They said it's going to take a while to test. They said much of the year. So A, good for you, I guess, for being honest, but B, it better work than when we get it if you're going to take that long to test it. And I should also note that this is different from the existing video topic exclusions that are already out there. It's, again, for the newsfeed, and it's supposed to be a a larger list of categories. It's weird how they're really quick on that Apple iOS 14 stuff. I mean, that rolled out real fast. Well, that's important. You know, advertiser control is not important. Money is important. I don't know. I don't know. The news feed, though, on Facebook, if we're being honest, is kind of a mess. There's a lot going on there. So I really like this as an option and I can't wait for it. Patience is a virtue, so I will wait for it. But I don't know. I mean, you want this, right? Yeah. And and while I kid a little (laughs) bit here, making sure that you're not showing around specific events is very beneficial. And that's one thing Google Ads does a phenomenal job of. And doing this and actually giving people more control is something that I love. So if you're saying, yes, you want to go full Scruff McGruff and take a bite out of crime and strategy <laughs> and get it out of your targeting, I'm all for it. it. It can actually help people and should help people spend more money because they feel like it's going to a safe location. Yeah, which is all good. And do you think maybe that whole one, like year-long estimate is just a PR move and they're going to surprise us with it in like a month and then we're going to think they're the best? No. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm trying to be Mr. Brightside like you. Okay. <laughs> all right. Next up from Google, there is a new triple dot feature in the SERPs. And Google put out a blog post called A Quick Way to Learn More About Your Search Results. And from the article, they say, when you search for information on Google, you probably often come across results from sources that you're familiar with, major retailer websites, national news sites, and more. But there's also a ton of great information and services available from sites that you may have not come across before. And what you can do is look at this 
yesterday you called it a little traffic light with no colors. No colors. It's kind of like a grayed out traffic light. Mm -hmm. You can hit that next to a result in the search engine results pages, and you can get more information on the site specifically. If a website has a Wikipedia description, it can show additional context from the Wikipedia. And then you can also see other things like when Google first indexed a site. So you can see some, they indexed us 10 plus years ago, or they looked at marketing clock three years ago, all that good stuff. That's cool. And so when you click on those, those little gray traffic lights, you can see about <laughs> this result and you can hop right over to your privacy settings. It opens in a new tab. You can click and see how search works. It opens in a new tab and you can hit cache. And for most of them, I've seen cache. Sometimes in the past, websites weren't available to be cached. And so Jess, you get more information. You can see if a site is secure or not. I bet you think that I got no problems with this, right? I mean, I know you, so I know you have a problem with it. There's no way you didn't find something you don't like. I know, and this is sort of like Groundhog Day. I mean, we I'm are. Ryerson here, so. <laughs> uh, I know what your problem is, but yes. tell the people. <laughs> so my problem is that it's my problem with the Google My Business listings that show up where you see similar sites. Mm-hmm. And what can show up in this about this result beta is a similar bubble that you can click on. And it doesn't show up for everybody. But an example is if you go look for search engine journal, you can see a similar bubble. When you hit similar, you then see a bunch of uh, a basically results that are related to Search Engine Journal using the related search operator. Um, and you can see Search Engine Roundtable, where Barry is runs that fantastic site. You can see SEO Book, Moz, Yoast, all these other competitors. But it doesn't show for everybody. So like example, so you do a search for Search Engine Land, and there's nothing that shows up as similar. Hmm. Um, additionally, when you do a search and you hit that similar, it whisks you away from your search results. And that's the thing that drives me crazy. Because obviously, when you look at some of those, everybody in this industry is friendly, but you'd probably say that they're competitive, right? For sure. And yes, if you could get, like they're they're competing sites for search news. Mm -hmm. And you're taking people off of that result. It's just another way to get another search in Google and move people away from what they were looking for when they you know, we're learning about the site and then got filtered off to something similar. And when you say whisk, let's just clarify for everyone. You were saying about privacy settings and how search works and all that. They opened in a new tab. That's not the case with similar, correct? We tested this yesterday. It opens in the same tab. Opens in the same tab. That's a big deal. And it opens Google's, competitors in the same tab. To Google's credit, if you do a search for Google, and I'll put it in the show notes, do a search for Google on Google, hit the little thing, see about this result, and they have similar bubble there too. And do you know what shows when you hit the similar bubble? I do because I'm looking at it. Nothing. <laughs> There's nothing similar to Google. I'm like, oh, I wonder if DuckDuckGo's here. Nothing. nothing. So only if you're not Google will you see some results in similar. That's sad. Like, at least be honest with yourself. Look in the mirror, Google. It's stupid. This is all stupid. I don't know. I hope, though, that we do, if this is going to be a thing, I hope we can get some Search Console reporting at some point about it because it would be nice to know if people are clicking, looking for more information about your site before they land there because then maybe you need to work on your snippet if you're not giving folks enough information about who you are or just knowing that they want to dig in more. I feel like that would be helpful to know. So maybe we'll get that someday. Wish list. You know, it's not on my wish list, Greg. Bread. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, I went to the bakery and they didn't have any and I can't believe there wasn't any in the back for me. No, what's not on my wish list is Instagram taking features away from people. Mine too. Right? It's not on my wish list, surprisingly. (laughs) So (laughs) Instagram is testing, removing the ability to share feed posts in stories. And social media maven Matt Navarra shared a screenshot of a notification from the platform and it says... Testing a change to sharing to stories. We hear from our community that they want to see fewer feed posts in stories. During this test, you won't be able to add a feed post to your story. And then the only thing you can do is hit OK. So this test is just being performed, just being tested in a few selected regions. And according to Instagram, they don't have plans to roll this out more broadly. But I just feel like, why are you testing things if you're not thinking about making it a thing? I don't know. But it's also not going to make people happy, right? I no. see a lot of feeds, feed posts in stories when I look at stories. Do you? Do you? I don't look at a lot of stories, but when I do, they do jump out. And I would say that it is a storified feed post. Totally. That, yeah. I don't ever see anybody just put a post out and it's just a post. People say, look, I just bared my soul of what's been going on <laughs> this past week. Check out the full post and you can see the journey. You usually get there and there's some write-up or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, there's just more information. So I do see them, but I think that they're very story-like Yeah, when I see them. People are definitely taking advantage of the story functionality when they share a feed post to their story. And I think the whole point here was Instagram is trying to get people to create content specific to the post type. So I get that. But to your point, you're promoting things and you're able to do it's kind of like an ad for yourself and you can keep people on the platform. So I don't see a problem with that. And also as somebody that is just sick of the feed and the scrolling, sometimes I log into Instagram and I just look at stories. Right. And you've got two different products. Right. You've got stories and you've got posts and letting them cross-pollinate seems to make sense. Why is that a problem? Yeah. I don't know. And you know why this isn't going to work? Why? Because when you are on a story, you're keeping people on Instagram when you send them to a post. Right. Instead of swiping them and going off of stories, you're keeping people on the platform, in the environment. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't think they're going to actually get rid of this. It's going to be like the hearts where they're like, oh, you guys aren't mature enough to handle the hearts. And we're taking them away. <laughs> we heard from the community. And then six months later, they're like, oh, we heard from the community. People actually really like the hearts. They're back. Yeah. And you're going to hear from the community that people are using stories to promote their posts. And if you don't like that, then maybe your stories functionality isn't what people are looking for. And maybe that's a you problem, Instagram. And like, and like we talked about about three weeks ago with that one influencer that was talking mm-hmm. about how it's near rocket science to figure out what Instagram wants in a particular week compared to TikTok that just wants engagement and people to watch things. Why are you, why not just let people share a post? Right. If that's how they're using your platform, yeah. at least they're using your platform. And guess what, Jess? If I'm following you and I'm consuming your stories and you're putting out a lot of post stories and I don't like it. Just unfollow me. I can unfollow you. Yeah, you have that power. You would never unfollow me. Never. No, never. (laughs) No. The other thing, too, that's interesting that I just saw in the news was that, and this is just a test, but Instagram is testing a vertical scroll experience for stories, too. So maybe this is just one big play to become TikTok. I don't know. But to your point, TikTok's letting people just use it and not trying to be some mysterious black box. So I don't know. We shall see. But things are happening on Instagram and whatever. I'm sure we get it back. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. 
This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions we don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take of the week comes from Zach at Z-M-S-T-E on Twitter. And Zach says, dear hashtag FB ads chat, hashtag PPC chat. One quick tip for ads manager if you are frustrated. Emoji number one, reset ads manager. Emoji number two, close all your FB and IG tabs. Emoji number three, delete all cookies and content for Facebook and Instagram in your browser. Emoji number four, head back to ad manager and realize it did nothing because it's awful and flula <laughs> where he just put his hand across the keyboard. I, I want to like do a slow clap for this tweet. Because it got me. When I first saw I this, I was tricked. I was ready to follow the steps. I know. It's like, <laughs> he figured something out here. Nope. Nope. Just the truth. No. He found the truth. The sad, <laughs> unfortunate truth. Thanks, Zach. And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I See Why Am I, people. This week's I See Why Am I comes from... And this week, we hear from Dwayne Brown, at Dwayne Brown on Twitter. And he has a phenomenal thread on Google Shopping ads. And there is a lot of content in here. Mm -hmm. If you do anything shopping, shopping ads specifically, check this out. If you do anything Merchant Center specifically, check it out. And I'm just going to start with his number one element that he had a lot of different tweets on and is completely accurate. He says, uh, number one, undervalue shopping feeds. No matter how much Google says it, brands and agencies continue to not touch the shopping feed. It's boring and painful work, but it's the work your competitors won't do. You can not campaign structure your way out of a subpar shopping feed. That's beautifully written, too. And that's just one of the tweets. Yeah. Dwayne's got so many more <laughs> tweets. So check it out if you want everything from this week's show and you want it in your inbox each and every week, head over to marketingclock.com. Sign up for the newsletter. You get all the links from every article right in your inbox weekly. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, Greg, I hope you are not into antiques because Facebook is getting rid of your old data. Wow. You didn't laugh when we did this yesterday. You're not laughing now. No. <laughs> no but I am. Okay, so as of February 23rd, Facebook will begin gradually rolling out a change that limits advertiser data to a 37-month maximum, which is a completely arbitrary number. That means anything older than 3.0833 repeating will be removed from your account. And first of all, I don't trust anything that Facebook says. So when they use the word gradual, I ignore it. I think we should all prepare for this to be an immediate thing. Get into your ads account now, your Facebook ads account, and download all of your historical data. Because once this change does roll out, you won't be able to get anything from prior to February or whatever date it is that it rolls out to you, 2018. It's also funny because you don't trust that. I don't trust the fact of anybody having some random odd number. I feel like somebody read it in like a business book. Mm. It's like, oh, instead of like 36 months that's three years and people will know that's arbitrary so if you say 37 people might take you more seriously yeah 
But I did the math because I have a calculator. And I said, most of our listeners probably have a calculator too. It's built into their computers. <laughs> so yes. we're all checking the math on Facebook. And they totally made that number up. And it's stupid. And if you're thinking that, well, a lot can change in three years and I don't need my old data because my accounts are in way better shape now, that's all fine. But you want historic context for stuff. So you're going to want to download this because heaven forbid, at some point you want to say, oh, you know, things were really great back in 2017. Let me see what I was doing, what was going on. And then you won't have that data. So I know it sounds silly, but you could just save an Excel file on your computer. I absolutely hate it because the pros are, you could look back and say, over the past five years, Facebook has driven $100 million of revenue. But now you can't, can't, you can, over the last 37 months, we had $3 million. And you, like, why would you get rid of that? Right. You already have it. Buy another server, bro. Yeah. You got money in your Facebook. Maybe they don't have money. I don't know. Let's see. Anyway, download your data. last print ad. <laughs> give us our data. Back. The New York Times is very expensive to advertise the full page ad, Greg. <laughs> anyway, download your data, people. Please save it. Save your future self. All right. New from Microsoft Advertising this month, an updated offline conversion import experience. And that will include the ability to update or delete existing offline conversions with your new import, which is cool, and the ability to schedule automatic recurring conversion imports, which will save folks a lot of time. And that's something I think you need FTP access. There's probably some technical requirements. So do check out the link for more details if this is something you use. But at the same time, still great, right? Do a little setup go through the motions, and then you won't have to import things manually every week or month or whenever you do it. I love to see that. Some other quick updates that are coming from the Microsoft Advertising blog, custom columns, which began rolling out back in December, are now available everywhere. Yeah, more things for more people. Asset reporting for responsive search ads is being expanded to include cross-campaign data, something maybe you didn't think you needed, but Facebook's taking away, Microsoft giveth, love it. And dynamic search ads as well as promotion extensions are rolling out to new markets in Europe, North America, and Australia. So again, subscribe to our newsletter to get the link for more information on which countries are getting which features because it is a little bit different. But again, more things. Microsoft is just saying, here, you can have things. We love you. Please use our platform. Love them. Love it. All right, next. From the Wall Street Journal, Despite ad spend taking a hit in early 2020, overall 2020's numbers are in and Alphabet Inc., which is Google's parent company, reported a 22% increase in revenue from ad dollars compared to the previous year. Raise your budgets. <laughs> Amen. So <laughs> that is probably where that's coming from. People just applying recommendations. They see it in ads editor. They're like, oh, I want that. <laughs> so there you are. And for more about Google's journey in 2020, you can check out our latest Marketing a Talk episode on the Search Engine Journal YouTube channel. It is a look back on 2020's significant Google ads changes and how to have success in 2021. Greg and Mark, our very own, hopped on with the icon Ginny Marvin and Anu from the world-famous hashtag PPC chat roundup to discuss the latest with Google Ads and, again, how you can weather the storm and do well in 2021. So it's a great watch for anyone that is using Google Ads, which I know is probably most of you. So speaking of Google Ads, it is time for our segment Beyond Google Ads because Google doesn't care about you. But we do. And I I feel a little dirty this week saying that because I – not only had one, but two very good calls with two. Google reps. Yes, very, very good. Amazing. Like, I feel bad, but I'm going to hold the line here. And we're still going to give you more information <laughs> this week from Greg on Twitter. Greg, 
underscore A-S-Q-U-I-T-H. And he says, I worked out what rehashing means. When users click on links that appear to be too from the site they are currently on, they are redirected to trc.tabula.com as their first party. And this is on uh, metro.co.uk. And the cookie ID is literally passed as a plain URL parameter. It's hard to describe what I'm saying right now. So go follow Greg on Twitter and look at this. I thought he was full of it, where he's like, oh, you're just passing this in and you're like forcing a first party cookie. That's what Tubula is doing with Metro. They are. You wow. should look at this video that Greg has where you click for the next story. You don't know that it's being redirected to Tabula URL, getting cookied, being redirected back to Metro. And most people aren't seeing it. It's crazy. And I'm not condoning this. I'm just saying... They're doing it. They're, they're figuring out, Tabula is doing figuring out a way for first party cookies. So check it out. It's a fascinating tweet. And if you are seeing performance issues and you don't care about it, like, <laughs> hey, maybe Tabula is for you. Amazing. Well, that's it for paid this week, Greg. What is happening with organic? Well, we've got a lot of news in organic here. First and foremost, the Search Console Discover Report now includes Chrome data. So when you go to Search Console, you click on that little asterisk looking item for Discover. You only used to be able to see mobile traffic from Android and iOS. Now, because Discover traffic does come from Chrome, you're going to see that volume as well. So you're going to see your Discover numbers jump, basically. And I dig it. I don't know why you wouldn't have that in the first place. If it's Discover, it should be there. And I think more people, like again, the more people see this volume, they're going to pay more attention to it. And it's something important and something that we're working on here at Marketing Clock and kind of going a little bit deeper on this in the coming months. All right. Another thing that happened on Twitter this week was from Lily Ray. And she said, two feature requests for Daniel Wassenberg and Google Search Console. Please allow the selected date filter to stay applied while navigating between search results and discovering news. And please offer a compare to the prior period button in the custom date range section. And Daniel replied saying, Here's a hack that may help. Choose a custom range and apply the filter. Open the filter again and choose the comparison mode. This will give you the comparison to the previous custom period. In summary, it's a feature, not a bug. Smiley emoji. <laughs> I was going to look and try it out, but Glenn Gabe at Glenn Gabe on Twitter confirmed it for me. And if he confirms something, it is confirmed. So check it out if you want to have a little time saving there. And then over on Google Analytics, they put out a tweet saying, new, to help you explore or teach Google Analytics 4, we're introducing the availability of two new demo properties in the demo account. The properties include typical business, web, app, marketing, e-commerce, and gaming data. I checked it out. It's awesome. If you don't have e-commerce access and want to see the power of GA4, you can hop in there. I think it's like Google's, I don't know, merchandising site or something. You Mm. see things like it's a red coffee cup top or something like that and you can find out like how much we're sold i think it's probably fake data but you can get all that information and see ga4 in action if you don't have it yet are they selling lids separately from cups i believe so hmm. i believe so all right well good for them make that money <laughs> all right and then next up from brody clark going down under here brody has a post titled google Key moments, YouTube video timestamp desktop test. And that's a lot of terms in there. Mm -hmm. But since I think November 2019 or so, 
Brody's been really watching Google's key moments and then the timestamps. And they were first on mobile. They started showing on desktop. And he talked about it being, again, auto-generated and has a bunch of different examples here. Um, and it does help to make sure you have timestamps as well, but they are now being auto-generated. It doesn't mean don't put timestamps in, put timestamps in. And the I think it looks great on desktop. The example is how to make an omelet. And you can see from one minute, 16 seconds, add a bit of milk or water at this stage. Because apparently that's one of the important <laughs> steps here. So pretty cool. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. Next up from Google Search Central on Twitter. If you're using data, vocabulary.org, structure data. Keep in mind, we no longer support that format for rich results. Not going to hurt you. It's just not going to enhance your presence in the SERPs. And then heading over to Search Engine Journal, Matt Southern has a post about core web vitals that came from a webmaster hangout with John Mueller. And the title of the article is, I think, a little bit misleading because I don't, well, I'll get to it. But it's, it's called Google All Core Web Vitals May Need to Be Met for a Ranking Boost. Mm-hmm. And when I hear boost, it sounds like a lot. You hear boost and it, it seems big. Yeah, and, it's not like a little bit. Right, and and Glenn Gabe had a great post, and I'll have to find it or and tweet it out on marketingclock.com. But a lot of times these things are like tiebreakers or like enhanced, like it's a lightweight signal. Mm-hmm. So, and when you, I'm, I'm saying that because when you hear the word boost, that seems substantial for sure. But your metrics are substantial, and if it is greatly impacting your metrics, then maybe do something. But don't jump to conclusions. And I saw a really funny tweet from Oliver H.G. Mason on Twitter where he said, improve core web vitals by disabling your checkout. He's joking. Yeah. Right? Okay. (laughs) I'm like, that's bad advice. Nobody do that. (laughs) Well, you have to go to the cart. The cart's (laughs) slow. I'm sure it would work. But then you... Who cares if you rank? Yeah. Google's Pixel page, which is arguably their most important product, I think is is single digits on desktop from their core web vitals metrics. But the overarching element here is you can't just do really good on one of the web vitals. It's mm-hmm. an overall score. So if you are very slow on everything and you have one thing good, sorry, it's the summation, not just one of the little elements there. That's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that's with anything, right? You can't just do one thing well. You got to be great. Strive for greatness. And next up from Google and Search Engine Journal, Matt Southern has another one. Google updates shopping search results with black-owned label. And this is a phenomenal new effort by Google and a really great blog post that they had over on the Google blog. So check that out. And the big thing is if you sell product on Google, um, you can now get a little icon. It's the kind of cool gradient heart mm-hmm. that um, that that we talked about before for my business. It's yep. now for shopping. So you can get a little bit extra exposure there. And if you are a black-owned business or identify as a black-owned business, you are eligible for that right in Google Shopping. Love if it. you want access to it, hop into your merchant center, go to the tools in the settings menu, then go to the business information and in the about your business tab, scroll down to the business identity attributes and then hit the toggle button next to identifies as black owned and you can turn that on or off. I haven't heard of any verification methods for this. Do not do something stupid and try to ruin things. And this is 
a very nice feature that Google made. Please do not spam this, people. Yeah. It's sad you have to say things like this, but as long as you're black-owned business or you identify a black-owned business, this is available for you. All right, and we have another article from Search Engine Journal. Roger Monty, Martini Buster. <laughs> and Google is improving the Web Stories WordPress plugin. So if you're big on Web Stories, we had a great marketing talk a few months back mm-hmm. with Glenn Gabe and Samuel Schmidt. And there's new page layout section and animation. There's new border style designs where you can do some cool rounded stuff in there. There's more animations on the way, and there's pre-published checklists and bug fixes, so you can see too. So more stuff coming in web stories. You'll love to see it. And lastly here, Google Stadia is shutting down its internal studios and changing its business focus according to Kotaku. And Google will not be holding the line on Google Stadia Studios, and instead will bring their two studios located in Montreal and Los Angeles to a full-on game stop. (laughs) Neither has released any games yet, but it will impact about 150 developers, according to a source from Kotaku. And apparently Google is going to try to find those developers' positions at Google. I hope so. That's nice. Nice of them. And all the projects that were happening at those studios appear to be canceled. Um, So anything beyond a 2021 window is going to be canceled. And so it's a little bit more clarification in the Stadia. Again, they wanted to try to actually compete and have some unique content. Doesn't sound like that's going to be coming anytime soon. So it was fast, the cancellation. I thought Google was going to go full diamond hands on this, but it appears that Stadio isn't heading to the moon either. Are these like poker jokes or conspiracy oh, theories? Wall, or Wall Street bets jokes. Oh, man. I mean, I'm a gamer and I didn't get it, so. <laughs> You're not a gamer. What's in social? All right, first off in social this week, new and exciting things from Instagram. The platform has added a recently deleted folder where users can now go to restore content that they've deleted within 30 days of deleting it. A lot of people, when their accounts get hacked, the hackers like to remove the old content, right? So if you get control back of your account, then this way you can actually, if hopefully if it's within 30 days, you can go back and you can get your old content. So that's really nice and super cool. But the bigger news for professional marketers, because I know that's all of you listening, Instagram has launched a content publishing feature in their API, which is huge. This means that scheduling and posting to your Instagram feed will soon be possible from third-party platforms. I say that again Scheduling and posting to your Instagram feed will soon be possible from third-party platforms. Woohoo! Yeah, right? That's a really big deal. This stemmed from the groundbreaking revelation that Instagram had, and this is a quote, we've heard from businesses that they don't publish content on Instagram spontaneously, but rather plan their posts ahead of time, end quote. Wait, people don't like typing on mobile as a business <laughs> and having to every time not be able to like see the full picture of what you're doing uh, instead you're just on the instagram app weird right. yeah i mean first of all yes to all of that second of mm-hmm. all everything in business needs to go through approval processes people are sitting at a desk and heaven forbid you're on your phone and your boss sees you my boss doesn't care but like <laughs> you know what i mean this is they're like hello welcome to the real world people in business need to plan ahead so i think this is great the api will support single photo and video feed posts feed posts for Instagram business accounts with a limit to 25 API published posts within a 24-hour period. Greg, maybe that's an arbitrary number. You want to talk about that? 25 and 20. <laughs> Just make it 24. Make it 24. Slightly more than one an hour. 
that sounds completely reasonable to me. But if for some reason you are posting more than a post an hour and this 25 limit scares you, it's just 25 posts from the API. You can post in general as much as you want. There's no limits there, so don't be afraid. All right, and for any of our dear listeners that used Twitter's Transparency Center for research, I'm sorry to say it is gone. This is a quote from Twitter. As of January 25th, 2021, the Ads Transparency Center is no longer available. Please visit business.twitter.com to learn more and download a historical archive of all political and issue ads prior to the prohibition of both political and issue ads on Twitter, end quote. So I know I'm a big fan of downloading historical data. I just told you to do that for your own ads account. I don't know if you need to download this archive, but if you want it, it's there. If you were using the tool, I'm sorry, it's not a living historian, some have said. Some have said. (laughs) Hey. All right. Next up, like Google, Facebook has also reported record revenue. And this is creepy, spooky. It was exactly a 22% increase year over year, which is the same percentage as Google. So I don't know if anybody out there is playing roulette or quick draw, but you should play that number. Don't play that number. Don't play roulette or quick draw. (laughs) You don't like quick draw? You sit there like eating your hot dog at a diner and watching the numbers come up on the screen? No. No? (laughs) No, because the payout is so low. Well, I mean, yeah, but you don't want to do really risky gambling, do you? Or do that you gamble? Maybe the definition of the most risky gambling is you're putting money into something that has the lowest payout. <laughs> I don't like know. Like the lotto. Like quick draw, I might have the lowest payout. Are you looking it up? Yes. I feel like you're looking it up. What's wrong with the lotto? They have great the, commercials. They have great commercials, <laughs> but I believe out of every dollar that goes in, 60 cents or so comes back out, which is horrible. You're like You're actually better off playing roulette. Your odds are actually better that way. Mm. Maybe that's why the lotto has money for great commercials. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. No, it's, 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 it, that is gambling. Oh, well, you're I into do, gambling, I do spo- sports investing. I invest in sports teams. Okay. When I think I have an edge. Only um, if I have an edge, though. But then it's not, well, no, you didn't call it gambling. You called it investing. That all makes sense. I got your GameStop joke earlier, by the way, speaking of investing. I follow oh. the stocks, the stonks. Oh, we need we need Shep here. Stonks with Shep. <laughs> we do. Did you find the payout on Quick Draw or should I continue with the news? <laughs> no, I can't find the payout. Okay. Somebody can let us know on Twitter at Marketing O'Clock. All right. So back to the news. In a recent earnings call, Mark Zuckerberg said that Facebook increasingly sees Apple, quote, as one of our biggest competitors, end quote, which I thought was interesting because I know Apple poses a threat. I feel like threat would have been a better word. They're not like, competing with Facebook. They don't have their own social media network, but whatever. That aligns perfectly with their move to test their own in-app prompts to encourage users to allow data tracking. So in a screenshot shared by Axios, you can see that there is a prompt to allow tracking or not, but also some background information on why Facebook wants to collect your data. And we'll have it on YouTube if you're watching us. It's really cute. They have a nice lady and she's looking at her phone she's got flowers she's got coffee she's got a book she's just like chilling out having a great time and then beneath her is a really cute attempt from facebook to stay on brand with their new york times ad they say allow facebook to use your app and website activity first point get ads that are more personalized okay second point support businesses that rely on ads to reach customers so yeah, they just want you to support them, but I, I appreciate the attempt at sticking to their guns and just trying to look like they just love small business because you know that they do. And Not. I went on a full rant yesterday when we recorded this you the did. first time. 
And this woman's got these three beautiful things around her and is staring at her phone and touching it. <laughs> She's and opting like, into ads. What are you doing? <laughs> you've got hot coffee on a book. Like you've got fresh flowers and you're not looking at it. But then the fact that the message is support businesses that rely on ads to reach customers. There's nothing Facebook cares about less I know. than small business. There, there's nothing they care about less than small. That's This is, I feel like sometimes I'm in the upside down. For sure. Know? And For you're sure. saying, they're like, we, we care about small. No, I'm trying don't. to contact to get, a, to help a small business out that wants, actually wants to spend more money on Facebook. Their chat forms are broken. I just sit around all day long hitting the chat forms and then I have to go find I have to go bug somebody and find a way to get a like it's it's incredible. They don't care in the least bit. It's broken assuming bit. you can even get to it. Half the time it just has contact support in a big definitely probably an H2 or an H1 and they don't put any way to contact below it. And now they it's just ridiculous. made it stop working. It does it not work, work anymore. It doesn't it does work. Not work anymore. And to the the fact as well, we've got listeners now, mm-hmm. I guess they just like they love they love it. <laughs> love the hate for it. Uh, somebody, Jarrett, had contacted us, mm-hmm. and he said, "Now I can't activate the account. I disabled the account, and I cannot contact anyone at Facebook anywhere. Is this right? No chat option. No email. Just support pages loops that bring you back to the same place you start from. I am in l- complete limbo here, and we're trying to work it through. I'm like, you're out of luck. He yeah. figured it out, but I'm glad. It's, yeah, it's a problem. And to say you care about small businesses is." disingenuous in in the nicest term possible and in the most aggressive term possible, they should be jailed. 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 Absolutely. And I just want to flip the script, right? This is this statement, rather than say it to me, because I will support businesses, whether they rely on ads to reach customers or not. Facebook, you should support businesses that rely on ads to reach customers. Oh, you know something else that would help small businesses? What? Actually giving reach to small businesses on oh, Facebook. That'd be nice. That's a whole other can of worms. Whole other can of worms. Is that oh, a thing? Oh, think of all the ways. If we got in there, we could help small businesses. We'd have support, greater reach. It'd be phenomenal. It'd be great. But you know what? Instead, they're just too busy making this lady's coffee go cold because they want to prompt her to have her data collected. And as an advertiser, I hope that she hits yes. But at the same time, like... Facebook, you're rude, and I see what you're doing, and it's not very nice. And it is also important to note that while Facebook's 2020 performance update showed overall growth in daily active users last year, that number in the U.S. and Canada in particular plateaued. So again, this to me is just a desperate move to make those users that they do have count. They're certainly not making anybody happy, and nobody is nobody's using it more, not in the U.S. and Canada, maybe, you know, elsewhere, but they're just, they're, I don't know. It's just an obvious attempt to me to try and get there. Just trying to play people and I don't like it. Whatever. Rude. All right. Lastly, because nobody is perfect, not even the bird, Twitter has a new look, which social media today's Jet Maria Nee nicely describes as driven by the complexity of everyday interactions in the Twitter universe. And that's a very nice and very philosophical. I just describe it as like, bro, you dropped your CD in the rocks. Like, I know yeah. kids today won't get that, but have you seen this? It's just like scratches it's over all, blue. It's like, yeah, it's just blue that's like all hacked up. And you're yeah. like, these are the interactions? Yeah. They're like, like shards of glass interact? Like, it's weird. It's stupid. I mean, I, I, it's distressed genes, right? Anybody can do that, but then you got like Abercrombie charging a million dollars for them. That's what this is. It's just Abercrombie genes. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> 
All right, now to our segment segments here, and we're going to start with keeping it on brand, and this comes from Reuters, and the article reads as follows: Google to spend three point eight million to settle accusations of hiring and pay biases. Mm-hmm. So from the article, Alphabet Inc.'s Google will spend $3.8 million, including $2.6 million in back pay to settle allegations that it, it underpaid women and unfairly passed over women and Asians for job openings, the U.S. Department of Labor said on Monday. An actual line from the article? This is writers. This isn't like, <laughs> this isn't like some Fred and Shed here. They say, <laughs> Google said it was pleased to have resolved this matter. I mean, I, I, uh, okay. Maybe don't have the matter. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, of course I, you're pleased it's over. <laughs> Just washing your hands, throwing money at people. Come on. Okay. It's good writing. They're pleased it's All right. And in sadder news, unfortunately, Hamlet Batista has passed away a legend in search Unfortunately, I never was able to meet him, but he was the go-to on anything SEO and Python related. Mm-hmm. Just the absolute number one go-to, and everybody I've ever talked to had nothing but fantastic things to say about Hamlet. And over on GoFundMe, Lily Ray has a uh, donation to go to his family there, so go check that out. And if Hamlet has impacted you, help out his family there. Um, and... There is a new Twitter handle as well, and I believe a website, SEO Pythonistas, Love that. in memory of Hamlet. So uh, keep those memories alive and everything that Hamlet's done for the industry. Um, let it live on. Follow that handle there, SEO Pythonistas, and um, check that out. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. This week for me, I'm going to take a break from complaining, and I'm going to talk about something that works well for us here, and I'm just going to call it the vibe check with clients. So right now, we're in the middle of a project essentially converting a brochure site over to an e-commerce site, and there's a lot of internal stakeholders where everything that we do is really, really important. They need this to work well. It's a, a a test case essentially to scale things up for this company. So before we present our work at whatever phase we're in to the larger group as a whole, again, with a lot of these internal stakeholders, we've just been meeting beforehand, a couple days beforehand with the project managers and the folks that we're working with more closely on the day-to-day just to make sure that everything that we're doing aligns with their goals and you know what concerns do they have that they think the stakeholders are going to bring up just so we can try and prepare to have some of those conversations and just make things go smoother and we've actually learned a lot of things about the client in the process that they didn't bring up in previous meetings and we were able to incorporate that and come up with a better deliverable overall so this can be applied to anything outside you know it doesn't just have to be a website it could be a new campaign you're working on or whatever you're doing just having that vibe check if you will and checking in before delivering something overall I think can be really helpful for both sides and make things just go smoother so a little tip if you're not already doing that but if you're smart you probably are what about you greg well for me i had something that was working hard and is now hardly working at least here at cypress <laughs> i'm sure she's working hard on her own but our very own christine zernheld aka shop did a lot of stuff man like she did right? so much stuff and we're i'm trying to keep all the content alive i'm trying to keep all the plates spinning and 
sometimes you just don't realize how much stuff people do. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm losing years of my life trying to fill her shoes, her very big shoes that I don't I think are actually big, but just, yeah. you know, a lot of depth in the shoes. Small feet, big shoes. So again, <laughs> we miss you, Shep. Just a heads up, having really good people is phenomenal. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is the Structured Data Change History from Sitebulb. And what is it, you may ask? It is a timeline of changes in Google's rich results requirements or schema.org updates. And there's dates, obviously, because it's a timeline. But along with those dates, there are descriptions of the change as well as resources. So links to the documentation or the announcement from Google, which is really awesome and helpful. And you can look at everything if you want, if you're a history buff, or you can just filter by property type. So if events apply to you, recipes, videos, whatever it is that your content aligns with, you can just look at the history for that, which is really, really awesome. And it's great to look back, like I said, but if you want to stay on top of newness and things that are coming, they also have alerts. So you can sign up and get an email whenever something changes, which is great because it's always good to be on top of that stuff. So again, that is the Structured Data Change History tool, and you can grab the link from our newsletter or head on over to sitebulb.com forward slash structured data dash history and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Andrew Loke over at Savvy Revenue. And the name of the article is 2020 Review. 1 million ARR and five key lessons. Many people do recaps. Many people do recaps poorly. And you see a lot of tag fee this and that, and it's not real data, and it's not that enlightening. Yeah, This is maybe the best post I've seen in 2021 here. You should definitely check it out. It is so smart, some of the thoughts that Andrew has here. He talks about the balance between being new and exciting versus being heads down and doing the job, which is something I know we do this show, and this is... The new and exciting, yeah. and then we're like heads down. <laughs> it's right? like, very close to home I for get us. Get up and yeah. breathe and try to th- throw a tweet out, but it's heads down work. <laughs> and yep. sometimes people don't see that, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're like, "Oh, I just look at the people making the loudest noise out there." Um, another thing I really loved is they have these kind of five questions they ask: Does it s- serve our ideal client? Do we have the capacity or headspace for it? Is the expertise available internally or externally? Will not doing it hurt us? And how big is the opportunity? And that's about bringing new clients in. Mm-hmm. And this is my favorite part of the article. I'm, just, I'm not. There, there's still more to the article. Yeah, so check it's it not out. Not a spoiler. It's just it's really just good. A favorite. And I don't get excited about a lot of things. I love this. <laughs> and he says, agency or just a group of freelancers. We talked about this last week, where Sam Tomlinson at Digital Sam I Am. Talked about smaller potentially being better because you got nimble people that know what they're doing instead of a huge corporate account. And Andrew this time said, I speak with a lot of agency owners. And one of the things I constantly identify is whether an agency is actually an agency or if it's just a group of freelancers working together. Most agencies are just collections of freelancers, in my honest opinion. 
My definition of an agency is an organization that has a clear philosophy, frameworks for how to work, people executing their work based on those frameworks. Now let's look at the opposite. A group of freelancers will work independently, be very channel-driven, i.e. they only talk about SEO, PPC, email, etc. Pitch the channel. They will say, we do PPC, but they offer no aligned process on how to approach tracking, overall campaign structure, growth, etc. And as us, in actual agency, we talk about, you talked about yeah. this last week with on Jill. the Agency Scoop yeah. with Jill Fetcher, our new podcast, where we look at the pillars, the core principles that make us up as an agency and why we think we have a competitive advantage over other folks out there. And don't go too small, right? Like right. don't find somebody that is a group of people that don't work together, aren't on the same page, have competent, like you want people that are there for you and have that cohesive experience or don't hire an agency, then hire in house. Hire yeah, or freelancers, hire them yourself. It is a phenomenal yeah. article. Thank you, Andrew. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show over on our newsletter or on marketingoclock.com. And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe to the pod and the newsletter so you don't miss a single link or episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck, where after a famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. This week, we're going to be playing, let me look it up here. Oh, everybody's favorite game this oh, week. I didn't Jess. expect that, Greg. No. And <laughs> we are going to be playing Poke Holes in This. And first up, I have to redo the one we did yesterday because you couldn't poke holes in it. I think if you slept on it, you might have some better holes to poke. I've slept on it, apparently. Okay. Yeah. So yesterday, you said this was perfect. I've never heard a better idea in your life. Um, and this is... I got thinking about it in a car, and I was looking at the car lighter, the cigarette lighter, and remembering how fast those things heat up and how hot they get, and it just burns that end of the tobacco, and it's pretty awesome. And I was thinking, you could really revolutionize toast with these things. And my idea is, you have a breaderette lighter breaderette. in your kitchen, <laughs> you punch it down, you put the bread on the plate, you put this lighter thing over the top of it, and you have instant toast. Poke holes in this. Okay, I poked holes in this yesterday. Oh, I didn't remember anything good. Okay, well, <laughs> they were great. So I'll bring back, I'll bring the holes back. One, your plate's going to get hot and your toast isn't. Two, anything curious like a pet or a baby is going down that hole and that's not <laughs> safe. And three, I don't remember if there was a three, but I still hate this idea. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> the fastest toast ever. <laughs> and by sleep on it, if you mean forgot about it and I'm now re-enraged, yes, this is dumb. All right, I'm going to go with another one here to round us out. And, it's, and everybody hates thank you cards, right? Writing them, getting them, nobody likes a thank you card. So instead of thank you cards, every phone, every number comes with a thank you line. And you can just quick record an audio thank you and say, Jess, thank you so much for that gift. You got me a six pack of beer for my birthday. It was delicious. I really appreciated it. Colby had one. We really enjoyed the beer. Thanks again so much easier on the person saying thanks it's a better thank you 
And every phone will be equipped with a thank you line. Poke holes in this. I, we talked about this yesterday. <laughs> and I don't think it's a bad idea to have as an option, but I don't think it should have to replace thank you cards because we talk about Shep, right? We miss her. We love her. She does great work. You know what else she does really well? Thank you cards. And I cried from the thank you card that I got it, for her baby gift. Any, just, you cry when you see a ladybug. They're beautiful creatures. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like to give Nature's the gift. folks context. Okay, but I I just think it's a nice option, and that was a beautiful voicemail that you just left me. It was very touching. But I don't know. I feel like a thank you card. Like, yeah, it's a lot of work for people that send them, but some people really have a knack for it. And if they have to leave a voicemail, maybe they're not as good at speaking, and they need to take 25 minutes and write a card. And I say I let them. No. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you next week.